Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Hello, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Monday morning. At least some of you might think it's lovely. Some of you might be not too happy about it being Monday right now because it's the first day of the week and it's also frigidly cold out right now. I'm actually looking at my phone right now and it says that it's about five degrees Fahrenheit currently. And yesterday, funny story, I was getting ready to go to church and so I showered and got dressed, but I didn't have time to do my hair. So I just kind of threw a hat on and left my hair down to air dry. So as I was walking into the church from my car, I noticed that my hair froze. (laughs) Like just the short walk from the car to the building and my hair was literally frozen. It was quite funny, actually. That is how cold it is right now. So if you live somewhere warm, I would love to receive a nice email telling me about the nice warm weather because I want to live vicariously through you. So you'll find my contact information in the description of this podcast episode. And for those of you who love the podcast, check me out over on Coffee. It looks like Ko-Fi, but it's pronounced Coffee. It's adorable. Like what a cute name, especially for a podcast like mine that has everything coffee related and Bible related. I had to go on Coffee. But Coffee is a platform similar to Patreon where you can go and support the podcast monetarily. And if I'm being honest, I don't have anything for coffee right now that you can't get anywhere else. Like I have nothing on there that you can't find on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or anything. It would just be a platform where you can support me. And for those of you who have given gifts and continue to give to this ministry, I thank you very, very much because it's that kind of support that does help the ministry to function and to run. I talk a lot about, you know, word of mouth, getting the podcast out there as a way to support this ministry, but there is a lot of overhead as well. Like for example, in July, I have to pay $701.01 in order to continue to have my website function. And on top of that, uh, both my sister and I, who do this ministry together, so far we do not take any payment. We have put everything back into the ministry, back into the company. Honestly, I would love to be able to pay my sister. Like that is my goal for this year is I don't want my sister working for me and for this ministry for free. But as this this business continues to grow and as the podcast continues to grow, I'm finding myself with more costs and more overhead. So faithful listeners, if you do feel called to give to the ministry, that would be extremely helpful. And in a nutshell, coffee is just a great platform to go on for that specific purpose. <laughs> All right, let's read 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 14 today. And I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee on this frigid, frigid morning and also your Bible in the version that you prefer. And once again, let's read 1 Samuel chapter 9 and learn about Saul. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abel, the son of Zerar, the son of Bechareth, the son of Aphia, the son of a Benjamite, a mighty man of valor. He had a son whose name was Saul. 
an impressive young man. And there was not among the children of Israel a more handsome person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was taller than any of the people. The donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. Kish said to Saul, his son, Now take one of the servants with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. He passed through the hill country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalisha, but didn't find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they weren't there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they didn't find them. When they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come on, let's return, lest my father stop caring about the donkeys and be anxious for us. The servant said to him, Behold now, there is a man of God in this city, and he is a man who is held in honor. All that he says surely happens. Now let's go there. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. Then Saul said to his servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our sacks, and there is not a present to bring the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have in my hand a fourth part of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. In earlier times in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, Come, let's go to the seer. For he who is called a prophet was before called a seer. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come on, let's go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the ascent to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? They answered them and said, He is. Behold, he is before you. Hurry now, for he has come today into the city. For the people have sacrificed today in the high place. As soon as you have come into the city, you will immediately find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes, because he blesses the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited eat. Now therefore go up, for at this time you will find him. They went up to the city, and as they came within the city, behold, Samuel came out toward them to go up to the high place. So now we are introduced to Saul, and he is going to be the first king of Israel. Because as you guys remember from 1 Samuel chapter 8, what we talked about on Friday, all of the people abandoned Samuel, basically, and abandoned the idea of judges, even though the judge was how God originally set up Israel to function. There are supposed to be priests and judges and a high priest and a main judge who helped keep Israel in line. And then God, of course, was the king who ruled over it all. But the people didn't like that because it was very unusual. It was not what the other nations had. And so all of the people of Israel really wanted to be like the other nations. They're like, no, we really, really want to be like all of these other pagan and foreign nations that are around us. So Israel didn't want to be unique or set apart. They wanted to be just like everybody else. And in some ways, that's human nature. I remember being that way when I was a teenager or like, for example, right now, the whole thing with like the Stanley Cup. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where everybody's like going and buying these Stanley Cups in order to give to their girlfriends or whatever. And it's like, I never would have even considered purchasing a Stanley Cup before everybody else started purchasing one. And now I'm looking at them and I'm like, yeah, that looks pretty good. Maybe I need a Stanley Cup too. <laughs> because we always want what everybody else has. <laughs> And the Israelites were no different. They wanted what everybody else had. They didn't want to be unique. They didn't want to be holy. They didn't want to be set apart. They didn't want to have judges. They didn't want to have the priests. They just wanted a king to judge them. So finally, Samuel, who felt very defeated 
through throughout all of this, because he was, you know, the head judge of Israel, he went to God and spoke to God. And he was like, God, I feel very defeated. And so God came to Samuel and was like, Samuel, just know that they aren't rejecting you. They are rejecting me. So give them a king. Just give them what they want. And so now we're introduced to Saul. And Saul was going to become the first king of Israel. So it says in verse one of what we read today, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. And he was a mighty man of valor is actually what it says. So meaning he was probably wealthy. He was probably a man of very high standing, well-known kind of individual. And he had a son whose name was Saul. And Saul, it says, was a very impressive young man. And not only was he impressive, meaning he was talented and possibly very smart and well-rounded, he was also extremely handsome. It says he was so handsome that he was more handsome than everybody in Israel. And not to mention, he was extremely tall as well. It says that he stood a whole head above all of the people of Israel. Now, we know, of course, that people back in ancient days were much shorter. We don't know how tall Saul was, but it's very possible that he was just a very tall, like six foot five, six foot seven ish man who just stood a whole head above the tallest person in Israel. Saul was extremely tall and he was extremely handsome as well. So he was an impressive looking individual, not to mention that he was just impressive in general. So he was good material for a king and for a nation of people who are very worried and focused on appearances, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, having what everybody else has, the Israelites would be very happy to have someone like Saul, who is handsome and impressive and well-rounded and smart and, and tall as their king. Okay. So Saul was already set up to be a pretty good king in, in the eyes of the people. So it says here that Kish, Saul's father, lost some donkeys. And so he comes to Saul and he's just like, okay, Saul, go and figure out where my donkeys went. I can't find them. So Saul takes a servant with him and starts traveling around Israel to look for these lost donkeys. And so they're going to all these different places. It says they're going to this city called Shalisha, some cities in Ephraim and this other place called Shalim. And then they pass through the land of the Benjamites and they couldn't find these donkeys anywhere in any of the neighboring towns. So finally, Saul's like, all right, we got to turn back because our supply of food is getting low and our dad is going to be wondering where we're at. He's going to stop caring about the donkeys and start freaking out about us. So let's just go back home. But the servant tells Saul, he's like, there's actually a man of God that lives near here. And this man of God is really well known and very famous. And so maybe he can tell us where the donkeys are. Okay. So there's a few things I should mention about this. The first thing being that it's kind of weird that Saul had never heard of Samuel before because Samuel was the judge of Israel. So this kind of shows that Saul was either not interested in politics or he was very much not in tune with God, with the ways of God or both. It's very clear that Saul had not heard of Samuel or at least forgotten who Samuel was. And then the other thing I should point out is that the servant 
also was not very interested in the ways of God because he was trying to use Samuel as like a fortune teller. Like, you know, Samuel could look into his crystal ball and tell them where the donkeys were. (laughs) Instead of Samuel being a man of God, you know, someone who, who told God's will to the people and judged the people the way God wanted Samuel to do so, this servant instead thinks of Samuel as being some kind of a fortune teller. So this shows the heart of Saul's family, that even though they were well known and they were rich and they were kind of famous and Saul was very handsome and very smart, they they were not very in tune with the ways of God. But Saul listens to his servant. He's like, you know what? That is a great idea. We will go ask this man of God where our donkeys are so we don't have to keep traveling around. He can look into his crystal ball and tell us. However, we don't have a gift to give him. We don't have a payment for him. So in verse eight, it says, the servant answered Saul again and said, behold, I have in my hand a fourth part of a shekel of silver. And according to my footnotes, it says a shekel is about 10 grams or about 0.35 ounces. So a fourth of a shekel would be a small coin of about 2.5 grams. So he had 2.5 grams of silver, this servant. And he says, I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. And so Saul says to his servant, well said, let's do it. So they realize that they have enough of a payment to at least ask Samuel to figure out where the donkeys are. And Saul is like, perfect. Let's go find this man of God, figure out where the donkeys are and go home. Now there's an interesting little uh, phrase in parentheses here in my Bible in verse nine. It says in earlier times in Israel, when a man of God or when a man went to inquire of God, rather, he said, come, let's go to the seer. For he who is called a prophet was before called a seer. So you'll notice that a few times in scripture, a prophet will be called a seer. And I think that the term over the years in English has been misconstrued to mean like a wizard or a fortune teller. But in early days in Israel, a seer was actually just a prophet, like a man of God. And so it's kind of mentioned here in scripture that that was the case, that Samuel would have been called a seer before being called a prophet later on. Meanwhile, Saul and his servant are going up into the city. It says that there is an ascent to the city and they found some young maidens going out to draw water. And so Saul says to the young maidens, is the seer here? And so they answer him and they say, he is, behold, he is before you. And they give a lot of information to Saul. (laughs) These young women talk for a very long time. It seems like actually they give quite a lot of information. And I wonder why that is. It's probably because they are young maidens and Saul is very tall and very handsome and very attractive and charming and whatever else. And so these young ladies are like, all right, (laughs) we're going to talk to this guy for a while. So, (laughs) so they're talking for a long time and they're like, he is over there. Hurry now. He has come today into the city. The people have a feast. We're going to go sacrifice in the high place. But they're like, we can't immediately eat in this feast, though, because Samuel has to go sacrifice first. Then we can all eat. And then <laughs> and they're just giving him like so much story here. This is kind of funny. So uh, anyway, they're basically in a nutshell. They tell Saul, go over there 
that's where you'll find Samuel. And it is interesting that Samuel did happen to be in that city on this particular day, because as we know from Samuel before, he actually, for a living, traveled around to different cities and would do like a judge's circuit. So he'd go to, to another city and judge people there, then to the next city and judge people. Then he'd go home, then he'd come back. So it is really cool that Samuel was in the city. And of course, that was all God ordained because God picked Saul to become the first king. So all of it was lining up perfectly. Even the, the missing donkeys was perfect because that got Saul out of his father's house and traveling around looking for these donkeys and eventually meeting Samuel. And so it says, as Saul was going up to the mountain to meet Samuel, Samuel started coming down to him. So all of it was God ordained. Even the annoying thing of the donkeys getting lost. And I think sometimes we think that God can't work through really annoying and stressful days, but that is absolutely untrue. Even though it feels annoying and stressful to us at the time, it doesn't mean God is not using it and working through it. After all, it does say in Romans 8.28 that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And so Saul obviously was called to God's purposes to become the first king of Israel. So God was going to use everything in Saul's life to prepare him to become a king. And that included the annoying thing of those donkeys going missing. <laughs> so even though we're not all called to be kings or queens or princesses in our lifetime, we are all called to God's will, to, to God's purposes. So he will use everything for our good and for the good of others around us, even if it seems terrible and annoying to us. Alrighty, faithful listeners, check out all the links listed in the description of this podcast episode. And I hope that you have been loving and enjoying this podcast as much as I have been enjoying reading through the Bible and learning it more myself and teaching it and presenting it to you guys. So I hope to see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Acts. We will be talking more about the travels of Paul and more of the persecutions that Paul is about to go through. So tomorrow will be a great episode and I hope you join me for it. But until then, have a fantastic and really nice and warm rest of your day. And as always, happy listening and God bless. <laughs>